Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. You can be seated. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't want to let this opportunity pass. Oftentimes as believers, what we do is, is, is we, we, uh, we pray for someone and then God delivers the miracle and then we kind of forget about it and move on to the next part of our life. But I don't want to let this opportunity pass to say I have a good friend here today and I'm not going to point him out, but I have a good friend here today who is three years cancer free. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, we've seen God do amazing things in their life. And uh, such a servant of God, and I'm so glad. Three years cancer-free, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Listen, today is Dude Day 2022. You may call it Father's Day here at Real Church. We call it Dude Day. Um, Why? I don't know. I just, in 2016, when we planted the church, I was like, what could we call Father's Day? Mother's Day is called Mother's Day. Father's Day, I was like, well, we're all a bunch of dudes, so let's call it Dude Day. All right? And so that's what we did, and we've been running with it ever since. So... I want to tell you a story. Um, you know, I'm manly because I own a Jeep. Um, I know, right? I know, right? Um, and um, here's the thing about Jeeps. So there's not a lot of storage in the compartments of the Jeeps. All right, I'm just going to tell you that. There's not a lot of storage. I mean, I've been in some of y'all's cars, man, and you can like have a, you got a refrigerator, you know, washer and dryer. They don't have that in a Jeep. All right? It's pretty basic, bare bones bare bones. And, um, you know, I, um, I, I, I use chapstick, uh, because I'm a ginger. And if I get out in the sun too much, I get uh, sunburned and I, all the bad things happen. And so I like to use some chapstick and I have to have some chapstick with some SPF. All right. I understand right now my man points are going down major right now, but just stick with me. So in the Jeep, it has a it has a uh, uh, air conditioner vent, and so in the summertime uh, it gets a little hot in that Jeep. And so, um, in the air conditioner vent, I like to keep the chapstick. I just stick the chapstick in there so it doesn't melt. I keep it upright and it doesn't melt. Well, here's the problem with the Jeep: um, the only chapstick that'll fit in the and not fall out is soft lips. <laughs> All right, soft lips. So, I, I had my soft lips. I had the Jeep top off and the doors off. And I was, this was about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago. I was 42-year-old cool. Are you with me? I had my leg throughout, you know, riding around. Well, I pull up to a stop sign, and I did what most of us men do. I was like, wow, my lips are very dry. I wish I had some soft lips to put on my chapped lips. And I looked at my air vent and I thought, wow, I do have soft lips. So I, without thinking, I took the soft lips and I took it off and I looked in the, in the, in the mirror and I start going, are you with me? And everything was fine until I put the soft lips back up. And you guys ever have a feeling like someone's watching you? (laughs) Listen, 
I slowly turned my head to the right. And there was a 70-year-old man in an old Ford pickup truck with overalls and a John Deere hat on looking at me like this. And I took out my man card and I threw it over to him and I drove away in shame. Soft lips. Listen, today, I, w- I want to be brief today. We have something very special. Uh, today is about fathers and today is about dads and today is about guys. And <clears throat> I wanted to do a brief message because we're having a fish fry right after this. And please, if you guys please stay, we have enough food to feed half a noon. And, um, and if you don't like fish, we have chicken tenders. And if you don't like chicken tenders, we have corn nuggets. I hadn't even promoted the corn nuggets. I was pulled up. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot we had corn nuggets. So and we have hush pot. We have enough food to feed an army. So please, after this, go straight down to the gym. It's all free. You don't have to leave any tips. This is just for you guys. But I wanted to take a brief moment today. And I wanted to talk directly to you guys. And maybe a little bit to the ladies, but mostly to you guys. Uh, and I wanted to show you what God defines as a man and what his expectations are from a man. And I thought I would do that. The best way is looking at two guys that were supposedly called into leadership and how one responded and how the other responded. So the verses will be back behind you. I want to look at the difference between Saul and David. Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul was, quote unquote, called by the people of Israel. I want to make that very clear, called by the people of Israel. And God finally relented and said, fine, you can, you, you know, fine, you can have your king. In 1 Samuel 10:1, here's what it says. It says, then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord God has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Like I said, God relented and said, fine, you can have your king. So I will appoint, this is, this is the person. So I want you to see that's in verse 10, 1. So Samuel has taken the oil, he has poured it over his head. He has anointed Saul to be the king. And then we fast forward to the next verse in 21 through 24. And here's what it says. Then he brought each family to the, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord and the family of, of, of the Matrites was chosen. And finally Saul, son of Kish, was chosen from among them. And here's what it said. Now, mind you, I want you to understand something. Saul knows that he's the guy. I, want you, I don't want you to miss that. He knows he's the guy. And then he says, but when they looked for him, he had disappeared. And then it goes on and says, so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, and this is so deep and telling, and he is hiding among the baggage. And I can do a message, five messages because of that verse. He is hiding among the baggage because a lot of us don't allow ourselves to be men because we hide among the baggage in our own lives. Are you with me? So what they would do is when they would travel to a place, they would take all of their luggage and they would all put them in one huge area. That's what they would do. They'd put them all in one huge area. And Saul had left there and he had went and hid among the baggage. And then verse 
23 says this. It says, so they found him and brought him out. And he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. And then 24 says, then Samuel said to all the people, this is the man the Lord has chosen as your king. No one in all Israel is like him. And all the people shouted, long live the king. And so you've got that verse. And then you fast forward because there's a lot of negative things that have happened. I know that shocks you, but there's a lot of negative things that have happened to Israel because of Saul's leadership. And they find themselves being challenged, being challenged by this giant on the battlefield. You guys all know it as David and Goliath, but they have this challenge. And I want you to know that we've skipped past something where David was anointed. He was anointed the, the, the new king. They went through all of Jesse's sons, all of them. And Jesse didn't even bring David out because David was his field hand. And oh, is there, oh, I've got one more, but he, he's not here. He's out, in the, he's out in the field. It's not him, though. They said that David had a ruddy complexion. I'm thinking he's ginger. That's just me. All right. I'm thinking he got put down because he's ginger. We all do, don't we, gingers? There's like three gingers in here. So, yeah. We, anyway, listen. He's been anointed. And look at how he responds. 1 Samuel 17. The Philistine is shouting things to them. Saul is sitting doing nothing. The whole Israelite people and army are scared. And David comes up and he says, don't worry about this Philistine. David tells Saul, I will go and fight him. And Saul said, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. And David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he says. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from, from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me and I catch it by the jaw, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this for both lions and bears. And I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. Does that sound like going and hiding among the baggage? I want to tell you something. Guys, it's okay to be a guy. There should be cheers and adoration. In today's society, I want you to hear this. It's okay to be a guy. Are you with me? It's okay to be a guy. God gives you permission to be a guy. Whenever I was growing up, I was about 18 or 19, and I'd given my life to Christ. And I went to this conference. And the conference I went to was a conference with a guy by the name of Gary Smalley. And some of you guys may have may know Gary Smalley when he would go around and he was teaching. And so I was like, well, I want to go to this conference. And so a bunch of men got together and they went to this conference. And it was, it was Gary Smalley, and I took it all in, man. I did. I took it all in. But here's what Gary Smalley basically said to all the guys. He said, guys, you all need to be more sensitive and that you don't understand how you're supposed to act. And in the end, he was saying, you need to, you need to try to act more like your wife and be more sensitive. And he basically, it was like a two-day bashing session for men. And then we tucked our tails and we went home. And we tried to be more sensitive and tried to deny our guyness. 
And I lived with that for a while. And it didn't work for me. Because I'm like, I don't have all those feelings. Like, I don't. I don't have all those feelings that, that my wife can have. And she sees things that I don't see. And I need her I need her to be the other half and she needs me and we're together as one. And, but I don't have all that. That's not who I am. You know, I run out of words about seven o'clock. And lately I've run out of energy and strength by about 830 and I'm in bed by nine. Are you with me? But I do. I don't have all those things. I have a tendency to be a little more simple, you know, not dumb by any means because I, I'm a leader, but I, I have a tendency to be a little more simple. But if you watch TV today, and if you watch TV over the last 20 or 30 years, all you see is very, very intelligent female moms and dumb dads. Are you with me? That's all you see. You see the dumb dad who's clueless and the mom who is the one that does everything right. And I'm here to tell you, that's a poor ref reflection of who men really are. Guys, listen. God gives you permission to be a guy. And I want to tell you something. And this goes out to a little bit to the ladies. Ladies, listen. Your husband needs an adventure. They need a challenge. They need something to get them up in the morning. They need to go out and kill it and bring it home. They need that. Whenever I started Real Church, it was very scary. But I'm going to be honest with you. Looking back, it was the most exciting time in my life. It was exciting. I needed a challenge. I needed something new. I, didn't, I was tired of the mundane I was tired of the easy and I needed to step up and I needed to be, I needed a new challenge. And that's why I started the church and, and Lynn and I both feel the same way that we needed something that we felt like was going to have a lasting impact on people's lives and was going to bring people to a knowledge of Christ and was going to allow people, allow people to experience God in real life. That's what we wanted. And I want you to know something, men, you need that as well. And I want you to know from the pulpit here at Real Church, we give you permission to be a guy. You don't have to apologize for that, okay? You don't have to apologize for that. And I want to encourage, ladies, I want to encourage you something here, all right? Because this happens sometimes. Ladies, listen, stop trying to change your husband and stop trying to compare your husband to some other guy that you have in mind. The reality is, is that you fell in love with your husband for a reason. Find that reason again. Most of the time, if you will stop trying to change your spouse, and this goes for both husbands and wives, if you'll stop trying to change your spouse and you'll focus more on what God's doing in your life, you'll find yourself much happier because God will do the work with your husband and you'll find yourself that you got exactly what God wanted you to have and exactly what you needed in a man. I want you to get that. Guys should not have to apologize for being a guy. The second thing is this. God created men to lead, guide, protect, and provide. God created men to lead, guide, protect, and provide. One of Saul's greatest downfalls was his unwillingness to lead.
Guys, listen. God looks to you to lead your family. He looks to you to lead your family. Not in some domineering way. Listen, I want to tell you something. You and your wife are one. And you lead those children and then you lead. You guys are one together. But the protecting and the guiding and the providing, guys, listen, that's your responsibility. And God has given you that responsibility. And he's given you that responsibility because that's how he created you. That's what makes you thrive. You know how I know that? Because when I feel like I am protecting my family, I feel like I'm doing something natural. I don't have to think about it. And I'm thriving in it. I am. I'm thriving in it. First, First Timothy 5.8 says this. I want to get to it. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the truth. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Guys, listen. You need to provide for your family. You need to provide for your family. And protect your family. The final thing is this. Guys, listen. We're supposed to be the biggest servants. We're supposed to be the biggest servants in the house. We're supposed to be the biggest servants here at church. It's simple. We are to follow Jesus' example. What does that mean? Well, it means that we serve our families unconditionally. We do. We serve our families unconditionally. That means, I want you to get something. That means we go without, if necessary, for others in the family to be provided for in the home. I really wish I could show you. I wish I had them. We threw them away because we didn't think about it. But if I had one thing of my father's that I wish I had, I've got his guns. I, you know, we've got guns and, and we, we've got, I've got his golf bag and his golf clubs and I've got all those things. But if there's one thing that I wish I had of my dad's, it would be his shoes. That's what I want of my fathers. And of course, they were the white New Balance with the blued in. All right? If you're wearing those today, God bless you. You rock. So anyway, but it would be those. But I wish I had those of my father. And I would have that. I would take one of his shoes and I would display it in my office. And I, I would put it where I could see it. You know why? Because it was worn out. It was beat up. They started out white and they ended up a grayish color. What was that all about? I'll tell you what it was all about. Because my dad his whole life went without so that my brothers and I and my mom could have. Because he knew that that was his responsibility. And he did it. And I wish I had his shoes. I really do. And guys, that's what God calls us to do. To be the biggest servants. That means we jump up when it's time to serve at church. Uh, in, in, in our community. That's what we do. And that's what God calls us to do. So even though this is brief, I want to I I I tell you, don't apologize for being a guy. You're free to be a guy here. God calls us to lead and guide and direct. That's what he calls us and provide but he also calls us to be the biggest servants. Listen, one of the best things you can do 
and one of the proudest moments that I have in my whole life is being able to lead my son to Christ. And then being able to baptize my son. That's one of the biggest things that we do. And today, we get to see that in all of its beauty. So praise team, I'm going to ask you to come up and do our final song. And as they come up, I want you to know that the picture that you're going to see in a few moments is the beautiful picture of Christ's plan for our lives as fathers. It's an amazing thing to watch. It really is. And I want to encourage every one of you guys to take it all in as we see the plan that God has for us as men. Let's stand up and let's sing our final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.